Oh, give us a joy, of course, and a privilege, isn't it, to worship the Lord again together. Let's worship his name, Scottish Psalter and Psalm 150. Scottish Psalter and Psalm 150. Of course, the whole psalm to God's praise. Praise ye the Lord God's praise within his sanctuary raise, and to him in the firmament of his power give ye praise. Uh, psalm 50, the whole psalm, to God's praise. Praise ye the Lord God's praise Let's join together a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we finish us again gathered before you this evening. We thank you again for this time. It's time to worship you. It's time to sing your praises, Lord, together. We ask that our mindset would be the mindset of what we've just sung, Lord, that we would truly not just sing these words, we would embody them, Lord. We would take them on board. But in our actions and in our, our thoughts and our worship, even this evening, and indeed our, our worship of this new week, uh, we would Lord, have that same joy that the psalmist had, Lord, that your people had in that psalm, that overflowing joy as we think of who you are and what you have done, that overflowing joy that uh, pours out from a thankful, uh, a thankful heart, a heart that's been saved, a heart that's been made new. Lord, help us in all we do and all we say this week to, to, show, to show that we are those who know Jesus, who love Jesus. But perhaps more importantly, we are those who are known by Jesus and who are loved by Jesus. Ones who he has set his seal on. Ones who he has called his own people, his precious people. The people he came to save 
the ones he has promised he would not leave nor forsake nor abandon, the ones he has promised to come one day to take home to himself. Lord, help us as we remind ourselves of our place amongst these people to be filled with joy. Lord, laying aside the various many burdens and worries, anxieties that, that press down on us, even this day, Lord, we confess that we, outside of these walls, uh, this week uh, brings with it perhaps new worries and new concerns. But there are many here who are burdened with various worries and problems. Some here, perhaps even online, who, who are weighed down with anxieties, who have responsibilities that are uh, much greater than they can perhaps handle. Lord, we bring these things to you, confessing that we uh, have no power, that we see so easily and so quickly uh, how, how little effort we have, how little power we have, how little influence we have over many, if not most, of the areas of our life. We give you praise that we are not worshipping this evening a God who is uncaring. We worship you as we prayed in the morning, a God who is fully sovereign, who is deserving of all glory, yes. A God who created all the universe and all creation, yes. A God who has named and numbered the stars. But your word also reminds us that for all your greatness and all your otherness and all the many ways that you are unique, all the many ways that you are deserving of all our worship and all our praise, that you have not remained distant. Out of your care, out of your mercy, out of your own love, you have chosen to reveal yourself to us, to reveal yourself in the person of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ the only way uh, to you, the Father. You're the God who, as your word tells us, numbers even the very hair on the heads of your people. But just as you named the stars, you also know our names. These things which are great and wonderful and uh, full of awe, Lord, that you care for them just as much as you care for us. Lord, your word tells us as we sung this morning that you have a special care for your people. A special care for those you've created. A special care for those you've created and set aside uh, to be yours. Lord, help us this evening to lay hold on these promises. We have a God who is present with us here this evening. Lord, you are present in this place. Not because of the building. Not because of any ceremony we do. You are present here this evening and we can know that for certain. Because your word tells us that you are present in the hearts and in the lives working in and through your people. And because we're here this evening, as your people gather together to worship you, Lord, your presence is here. We are, as it were, standing on holy ground. You have made your home in your people. You have tabernacled with us. Lord, we give you praise for that. There's not one uh, place we can go, not one experience we can go through as your people. We, we are without you, where we are, on our own. Lord, from this point till we see our Saviour as he is, from this point until we find ourselves in glory, worshipping you for all eternity, until that point comes, Lord, we give you praise that you're the God who promises to never leave nor forsake us. You promise to be with us every step of our lives. Indeed, you're the God, the sovereign Lord who's gone before us, who has paved the way for us. 
Nothing is a surprise to you. Nothing uh, shocks you. Nothing is out with your perfect plan. Lord, we hold on to these truths, especially as we find ourselves perhaps going through dark days and strange days. We pray for any in this community indeed a part of this congregation, those perhaps even vaguely attached to this congregation, those who perhaps are adherents or those who come less regularly, but those who have attachments here, Lord, those who are going through hard days and tough days, those who are grieving, grieving a recent loss, perhaps grieving a loss of many years ago, those who are going through illness, physical and mental, those who are feeling lost, who are feeling alone. Lord, those who feel as if they have no way in life and no purpose in life. And those who perhaps are just clinging on as the days go on and on, we bring them to the throne of grace this evening. Leave them there, Lord, knowing that you alone can come into their lives and change their lives. We also bring those who are heavy in our minds just now, those we know, those we love and care for, those uh, in our families who we long to get to know you who, who we long to come and uh, call Jesus their Lord and Saviour uh, those who are our friends parents children neighbours who as of yet don't know Jesus who as of yet cannot call him uh, their beloved one who as of yet cannot call him uh, their Saviour we ask that even this day even this evening or if it's your will, even this new week, you would use your people. Use us, Lord, to be witnesses to in our words and our actions, even in our thoughts towards them, Lord, to be glorious witnesses of the gospel. Help us to boldly proclaim the gospel. Help us not to shy away from uh, proclaiming it. We pray for any here this evening who as of yet uh, do not know you, who as of yet uh, still find themselves underneath uh, your wrath, who as of yet have not known what it is to be forgiven and to find themselves, Lord, uh, on your side, as it were, find themselves no longer fighting against you. We pray for them. Again, Lord, we thank you very here. We pray for their souls this evening, that they would come to see that they are in desperate need, desperate need of knowing Jesus as their Saviour. We do pray for your people here this evening, those perhaps who are even those who are listening in, who uh, feel far away from you, those who have wondered even perhaps, Lord, we ask you, bring them back to yourself. We give you praise that you are the one who saves your people and save your people, Lord, to the uttermost. There is no distance, no time. Lord, you are the one who keeps a hold of your precious people. We ask that you again reveal yourself to them, you would again show them that you have not moved and you have not changed. We pray again, Lord, for gathering here this evening. Help us this short time as we come together as brothers and sisters around your word, as we spend this time in fellowship, spend this time praising you, our holy God. Help us to grow. Help us to grow in our knowledge of who you are. Help us to grow in our love of what you have done. Help us also at the same time to grow in our love for one another as brothers and sisters, understanding that we will spend all eternity together worshipping and praising your holy name. We pray again, Lord, for those who have no interest and no care. Lord, that you'd this week even bring them to a saving knowledge of yourself. We pray for this community. We pray for this area. We pray, Lord, for the villages that are 
represented here, Lord, for the area and the districts represented, Lord, we ask you, Lord, you bless this place, bless this area, bless this district. Bless all the work goes on here. We ask you bless your servant also. Thank you for him. We ask you give my time of rest just now, a time of of rest and for his family, Lord, a time of blessing also. Be with him privately, Lord. Be with him publicly. Encourage him, we ask, and when you come back, Lord, refreshed and Lord, serving you here again. Pray for the work goes on just now and behind the scenes there all the technical work, Lord, we ask you'd bless those involved in uh, putting these sermons online. Thank you for that facility, Lord. Uh, we thank you for those involved in Sunday school as they take a break, Lord. Those involved uh, behind the scenes and all these things. I ask you to encourage uh, your people there. Encourage those who give their time to help out week after week. Who do a service for your name's sake. Who are willing to give their time over so that uh, our young friends would hear about Jesus. Even their young years would come to know him. We pray even, even, Lord, this evening for our young friends who are with us just now. Our young friends, Lord, the boys and girls here, or the boys here, Lord, we pray for the boys and girls perhaps listening at home just now. We ask that the boys and girls would come to know Jesus, that they would come to love Jesus, that they would come to know that Jesus knows them, that Jesus has made a way of salvation even for them. We ask the boys and girls to know that even in their young age. Lord, help us to concentrate, to confess what we find our minds wandering so easily. Help us a short time to acknowledge the privilege we have of being here, around your people, with your word in front of us, with freedom and safety. No worries of attack, no worries of this meeting being disrupted. Help us to make the most of this freedom we have whilst you allow us to still have it. Lord, forgive us our sins. We again confess, as we did this morning, that even since we last prayed, Lord, we have sinned against you in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts, Lord, we have gone against your holy nature. We give you praise that we can ask forgiveness. So we ask forgiveness of sins only through the finished work of our Saviour. And those who are yours can ask forgiveness knowing it's been purchased for us. Knowing we stand before you, as we heard this morning, as cleansed and perfected, as made clean uh, through the finished work of our Saviour, Lord, through his shed blood. You've cast away the wrath from us. Our sin is no longer as we are remembered by you, Lord. You have cast it into the depths of the sea as distant as east is from west. So remove from us, Lord, as all the wrath you had against us. You call us sons and daughters. You call us your people. Help us lay hold on these promises and never to let them go. Ask all these things in and through and for Christ's precious name's sake. Amen. Let's again sing um, from Scottish Psalter. We can read first, sorry, we can read first, I apologize. We can read first. We can read um, from Psalm 84. The book of Psalms and Psalm 84. The book of Psalms and Psalm 84. We're reading the whole Psalm together. Let's hear the word of God. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My flesh, my heart and flesh, sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, 
and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at her altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. We give praise to God again for his holy and perfect word. Let's again sing, again from the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 130. Scottish Psalter, Psalm 130. Lord, from the depths to thee I cried, my voice, Lord, do thou hear. To his supplications voice, give attentive ear. Lord, who shall stand if thou, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquity, but yet with thee forgiveness is that feared thou mayest be. Psalm 130, uh, the whole psalm to God's praise. Lord, from the depths
let's try a short time, turn back to the chapter that we had, the book of Psalms and Psalm 84. The book of Psalms and Psalm 84. Taking in really the whole psalm together this evening, perhaps for the sake of a text, we could take the first two verses of this wonderful psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints to the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. I said this morning uh, that we're looking at a short journey. Well, this evening we, of course, have an even longer journey here in this psalm. I'm sure you've covered, I'm sure, this psalm before in various ways, but just as a, a very short recap for all of us, this psalm is, is a pilgrim psalm, a pilgrim song, a psalm which talks and which gives us uh, the, the, the journey of one who is travelling to the temple. Of course, there's some discussion and various uh, ideas and theories as to uh, who the psalm is by. We see it's by, of course, one of the sons of Korah. For whatever reason, he, this, this man, the, the writer, is away from the temple. He's making his way back to the temple and he's describing his experience of that. The sons of Korah were, of course, those who, who lived and who worked in the temple. They were responsible for the for running of the temple, the duties within the temple. Um, it's no comparison, but uh, they were, you could say, the combined, it's a very bad comparison, but almost the, the deacon of the day, you could say, in, in retrospect, they, they did all the temple work, plus much more, indeed, they, they lived in a the temple. These were the men who knew what it was to worship God. Their whole livelihood was worshipping God. They were there, present every day, every night, living in around the temple, worshipping in around the temple, helping those around to worship God. Today we join this journey, a pilgrim song, a song of travel, a song that reminds us step by step, verse by verse, what it is to live a Christian life, what it is for us as Christians to, to go through life as we find, as we join this pilgrim traveller making his way closer and closer towards the temple. For those of us here this evening who, who know the Lord and who love the Lord, as we go through this psalm together, it's a reminder for us, as we're reminded just as to the care and the love of our Lord for his people, his care and love for us as we go through the various parts of our life. And for those here, perhaps even online, who as of yet don't know Jesus, as of yet cannot call him your Lord or your Saviour, you're also on a journey. We're all on the same journey in some senses. We all must go through life, face the same setbacks, the same worries, the same problems. The Christian and the non-Christian, we face almost all the same of life's challenges with one, of course, notable difference. The Christian goes through the journey of life knowing, knowing that at the end of our journey, at the end of our journey, we will find, as we have in this psalm, that reality of life, an eternal life spent with God in his presence. Again, if you're here this evening, as of yet, you can't say you know Jesus or love Jesus. And listen to this psalm and see that this is a journey you could be on. We'll see that more as we go through these verses. This is a journey indeed you can join. 
become part of the journey. Join this pilgrimage throughout life, this pilgrimage which leads you to God's presence. It's the only way you'll ever see him, ever know him. We can look roughly just under four very general headings, just again uh, following the text. First of all, looking at verses 1 to verse 2, we see uh, it's a happy home. Where God is, is a happy home. Then verses 3 and verse 4, we see it's a home uh, for all. Where God is, is a home for all. In verses 5 down to verse 7, we see well, we, see, we receive our source of strength from home. And finally, verses 8 to 9, we see our leader home. And to conclude, we can see the final few verses. Very briefly, we'll see that it's our only home. First of all, a happy home, verses 1 down to verse 2. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. The question I have to ask first is where does God dwell? Where does God dwell? Of course to the psalmist as he wrote this psalm he was said, making his way to a temple, he was facing the temple, he was thinking about the temple. For him the temple is where he could get closer to God's presence. At this time before Christ of course the temple was a place they would go to make the sacrifices, go to be closer to the, the presence of God. But even then, even then, that presence was only ever come really close to you by the high priest. And only then, on that one day a year, and only then through uh, clouds of incense. But still, the temple, the temple represented God's place with his people. Represented the fact that they, they worshipped a God who, who cared about his people, who, who knew his people, who loved his people. But of course, we see this is a pilgrim psalm. They had to travel. We'll see that more as we go through the psalm. They had to travel to get there, travel miles at times, across landscapes which are difficult, terrain which was hard, traveling to get to worship God, to get closer to the temple to sacrifice, to be there where God's presence was. So the question this evening for us is, where does God dwell this evening? Of course, we are thankful we aren't traveling miles to a temple to make sacrifices. Of course not. Where does God dwell? Where do you find, as it were, the, the presence of God this very moment? Do we have to start trekking our way across to Jerusalem just now to get closer to God? Does God perhaps dwell even here? Of course, culturally, we know that we've all grown up with, often use the term the house of God. Well-meaning, well-meaning term. Accurate, perhaps not as accurate as it should be. Yes, this is a building where God's people meet. And we praise God for the history of this building. And the way God's used it over the years. But friends, we know one day these buildings will be gone. This building will be back into the ground in rubble. That's why every other congregation, every other church building, we know that. Will God stop dwelling with his people that day? If God still has his people in these villages, will God still dwell? Of course he will. Where does God dwell? 
We see the beautiful reality as we go through this psalm that God now dwells with his people. Dear friends, God dwells with his people. We touched on this in the morning, but just a brief again to, to, to remind ourselves in our Saviour, fully man, fully God, in his coming down into his own creation, to his living that perfect life dying that death, taking on himself the full wrath of all the sins of all his people, living a life of perfect obedience, dying that death, we know for certain that if we know him, if we love him, that through him we have access to the Father. Uh, Not last time, but at the end of last year, we were together, I think it was October, I was with you, we looked at Hebrews, that wonderful reminder of Jesus as our high priest, that through him we have access to the Father. His finished work has purchased us access, and because of him we can know we are heard by the Father. Even more than that, because of him we know that as we come to faith in Christ, as we call him our Lord and our Savior, as we worship him as one who has saved us and who loves us, we can know for certain the Lord makes us home in and with us. Where does God dwell this evening? It's not some tabernacle, not some temple miles away. God is dwelling here this evening. Again, not because of his building, but because here this evening, his people are together, worshipping him, praising him. Wherever you find a Christian, a brother and sister in the Lord, there in front of you, is somewhere and is someone where God has chosen to dwell. A wonderful reminder for us, a wonderful reality for us, that God has chosen to live in and work through his people. Christians, what a reality we have as we begin looking at these verses. The psalmist, look, look how overjoyed the psalmist is at getting to go towards the temple, getting to travel towards the temple. The very thought of, of, of the temple, the very thought of being closer to the temple, it fills him with joy. Uh, verse 2. My soul longs, his heart and flesh sing for joy. All that he is is longing, it's fainting. He's just so desperate, he's so full of joy and so full of just, he can't contain himself. The very thought of being closer to God's presence. Dear friends, dear Christians, brothers and sisters, this evening, you are closer, as it were, to that presence than the psalmist could ever be. Could ever be. The Lord of heaven and earth, the eternal Lord, worthy of of all praise and all glory, the sovereign Lord who made and creates and sustains all things, he now dwells in his people this evening. Those of us who are perhaps newer in the walk, those here who are older in your faith, longer in the walk, he dwells in you. Christian, you who feel yourself so weak, you've had a rubbish week perhaps, rubbish month, rubbish year perhaps, you feel so far away, you feel so small as a Christian, your faith is so small, Christian, he has made his home in and with you. That should encourage us this new week. As we go about our journey of life, If the psalmist is so full of joy and a distant hope, then that hope for us is with us and in us. 
we know that this week could hold untold surprises and pain perhaps and worries for any of us. Doubtless there'll be some here just now who are going through perhaps at this very moment that's watching online, going through situations and difficulties, brothers and sisters who, who are suffering. Never forget that the Lord who knows you, who made you, that he has promised to dwell in you. And the joy of a psalmist should be our joy. If he is this joyful at going to worship God at distance, then how much more joyful should we be as Christians who have the Lord living and working, having made his home in us? It's a happy home. Where God is is a happy home, dear friends. But also we see it's a home for all. Verses 3 and verse 4. Even the sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altar. It's a home for all. In the immense uh, temple complex, building complex, uh, we know from history, but also we know uh, from writing at the time there, there was space, lots of small spaces and gaps, in the rocks and in the stonework. And in these spaces, birds would make their nests. They were safe there, in a sense. Uh, yes, there was crowds, but the crowds were focused, not on them, but focused on worship. The birds of safety there. As the psalmist is imagining the temple and looking around, perhaps, the temple, he's seeing uh, these places of safety, he's seeing the different types of birds, and as they have their nests there, he's seeing the sparrow and the swallow, he's seeing these animals, these small, unimportant animals. And the psalmist always, almost as if he wants to, longs to be like them. That they have constant access to this closeness where God is. They're allowed to be there. They can stay their whole lives nested, nesting where, where, where God's presence is. They spend their time so close to God, so close to where he's shown himself to be. These small, useless birds we touched this morning, of course, from Bartimaeus. We said that to the world, he was small and, and useless and without reason, without purpose. Bartimaeus had no support, had no care, I'm sure, from the crowds passing by. But here, we all see the same idea. That though even as small and the useless, these small creatures, these uncared for, unnoticed creatures, that they had a place in the house of God. Jesus tells the same thing, doesn't he? God cares for the small. God cares for the seemingly useless. One of the verses we have, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 25 and 26, where Jesus, of course, speaks to the disciples. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, not about your body, what to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So on. Dear friends, there's a home in God's house for even the smallest and most worthless of creatures, at least to the world, the most small and worthless of creatures. These creatures are not worthless to God. Not worthless to God. 
Dear friends, you have a home in God's home. You have a home in God's house. If you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, then you have a place in God's house. You think, well, God won't have me. God won't have me. I mean, you can stand, you could, you, you can stand there and you can come and go and you don't know me. The things I've done, the things I've said, the life I've had. Or perhaps you're saying you want to come and be part of God's family, but you have to, to learn more first, uh, to grow in your knowledge first. You have to uh, grow more and more in your understanding. You have to know Scripture more. You must perhaps be a better person first. I'll come and I will worship God, but I have to try and prove myself first. I have to try and act better first and look better and seem better. What do we see in these verses? We see a home for all. A place for even the smallest and most insignificant of creatures. Dear friends, there's a home for you in the house of God, even this evening. How small you feel, how useless you feel. Christians, be reminded about how useless you feel you are in your walk just now. How dire you feel your efforts are. Perhaps how far you might feel away just now from the Lord. Your place is sure, your place is certain, your place is in the Lord's house. With his people, worshipping him. He does not forget you. does not leave you. The house of the Lord is a home for all who come to him. Come and find your home with the Lord. Come and be like these swallows. Come and be like these small birds. Find yourself living a life close to God. Of course, you say, I don't deserve it. And you're right, you don't. Not one of us do. That's the glory, that's the beauty of it. God in his love and his care has provided for you a saviour. If only you would come cry out for that salvation. Come and make your home close to where God is. Come and have him live in and work through you. Dear friends, there's a home for you in the house of God. It's a happy home. It's a home for all who will come also we see as we go about and go through life's journey at times we will need strength from home verses 5 down to verse 7 see the truth is as we go through life and we all know this there are times in our walk and times in our lives when things are dark when life is grim when life is hard when the journey seems to be just a slog seems to be moving if even at all just gradually step after step there's times personally when the world feels so dark and we feel ourselves just so dry spiritually. We see that in these verses, in verse 6, speaking of the pilgrims, as they go through the valley of Baca. That valley of dryness, quite literally, that valley, a dry place. As the pilgrims make their way to the temple, they pass through places and areas which are so hard to get through desert lands where there's no water there's no sustenance there's no hope for them at times they feel like giving up as they trudge away through these dry and hard times 
It's at these times we, where do we look for help? We tire so easily, don't we? Even those who have been Christians for a long time, we, we grow tired and grow weary so easily. Where do we find strength in these dry times? Where do we find help in these tough times? We see in our verses here in verse 5, down to verse 7. Verse 5, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. What do we say to a struggling Christian? Is the gospel message to the struggling, tired Christian, is it a message try harder, do better, make more effort? What's the gospel message to the struggling Christian? What's the gospel message to the new Christian, to the old Christian? I find it reminding ourselves in these verses. Where is the source of our strength? Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Dear friends, the journey is hard. The journey at times is impossible for us. We cannot do it. We're all so accustomed, I'm sure we all love so well uh, that beautiful poem, of course, of Footprints in the Sand, and um, we know it so well, it's in our minds just now, but if we're being accurate, that poem is not entirely true, is it? Because it's not just the hard times that Christ uh, carries us. It's all the time. From start to the end of our life and then on to eternity, he is with us every step of the way. We must find our strength again and again based in who he is and what he has done and his promises. It's only as we remind ourselves again and again of who we are in him, what he has done for us, of our place in him, of our place in the home of God, as we remind ourselves that God now lives in us and works through us, it's only then we can carry on the journey. Only then we are reminded that our strength is not in us. Our strength is in him. That wonderful phrase, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. That glorious image, that glorious picture, almost our roadmap inside us. There's times we don't feel the way, times we don't feel as if we know what we're doing. We feel so lost and confused, and if we're honest, Every one of us here this evening who are believers, we know this reality. We feel like giving up. Reach the end of our journey thinking, I can't do this anymore. Yet here we are this evening, brothers and sisters. God leads us. God guides us. He directs us. He gives us the strength to keep on going. What happens is God gives us that strength. Well, the truth is, we still go through the dry days. We still go through the hard times. It's a false gospel. It's, a, it's an evil truth to say that uh, because we're saved that we will now face no hard days and no tough times. We know that's not true. Many Christians have suffered many awful things. What is true, as the verses tell us here, that as we go through these tough days, go through this valley of suffering, this valley of dryness, as God works in us and works through us for his glory, what takes place? We make the valley of dryness a place of springs. In the place of dryness, God himself can use in glorious ways to bless his people. Christians here, I'm sure you know that in your own experience. I'm sure we could go from Christian to Christian and talk about times where the Lord has used even the most dark 
and trying of circumstances for his glory. To bring us closer to himself, to help us to, to love him more, to help us to trust him more. In these times of dryness, these times of pain, the Lord can use these times and does use these times to make the, the valley of dryness all of a sudden a place of springs. What happens from this valley? Where do we go? With verse 7, we see the glorious conclusion. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. See how definite the wording is there, how, how sure it is, how precise it is. If they go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion. And the wording there, it is sure, it is certain. Yes, you go through the valley, the dry days, the tough days, but be assured, time is coming. Dear Krishna, time is coming for all of us. You will appear before God in Zion. The journey will end one day. It will end with you before your Saviour. You will see him as he is. Your journey will be over. The hard slog done. And you have done it all in his strength, by his power. The hope of a Christian, even in times of darkness, and it's easy to stand here and to say this, isn't it? It's easy to stand up here and talk about this as if it's not real, but for those who are suffering, those who are going through dark days and who need, might go through dark days even this coming week, we don't know. And these are the verses which come to light and indeed which come to life. When life feels as if it's falling apart at the seams, we find ourselves coming back to these reminders, don't we? When nothing is sure, we find ourselves again reminded that God's promises do not fail his people. His truths do not change. As you go through this valley of dryness, dear friends, dear brothers and dear sisters, be assured, be assured that he is with you. He is with you. And slowly, times very slowly but surely, he's leading you home to be with himself. The strength comes from home. But then, who leads us home? How do we get there? Verses 8 and 9. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. Look on the face of your anointed. We know as the people travelled to Jerusalem, the picture of a scene that they're, they're walking in this uh, pilgrimage. And as they go through the villages and the towns, there's folks joining in bit by bit. And they're making their way towards the temple. As they get closer and closer towards the temple, what at times would happen is that uh, the high priest, at times the king, would be said to go in front of them, to lead them, as it were, into the, into the temple, into the city and into the temple, to lead them to the place they were going, to go before the people, uh, to, to lead them towards the place where God's presence was. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. This is a prayer that the Lord will look on the one who leads them in, the king of the high priest, as he walked before them, the Lord wouldn't see the stinking, 
tired mass of pilgrims who travelled miles through deserts to get there. The Lord wouldn't see the dirt and the grime and the sin and the darkness and all the various burdens they had. But God would look on this mass of people, all the failings and sin and issues and evil amongst them. And he said he would see the one who led them in. See the high priest or see the king. See the shield, as it were. And that wording is so clear here for us. And the one who went before them. The one they, they held up to God and saying, this is the one who represents us as we make our way towards you. Dear friends, how do we get home? Who leads us home? Well, our, our cry hasn't changed, has it? The cry of the Christian is the same cry of our, our pilgrim brothers and sisters in this psalm. Our cry as Christians is still the same cry. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. As we go slowly towards our home, day by day, each step of our journey, who goes before us? Who represents us? Who's the one the Lord looks at? It's the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. He is the one who we see here as our shield. God, when he looks on his people, as we said in our prayer, he doesn't see us as uh, this mess that we are at times, this mess of of sin and complications and of dirt and of, of all the failings that we present, all the failings that we have that we gather day by day, all our backslidings and sin, all our issues and problems and anxieties, and so on and so on. When God looks in his precious people, who does God see? He sees us through the Son, washed, cleansed, perfected in his finished work. Dear friends, this is the same cry we have this evening. Our cry is that the Lord would see not us and our failings and our sins and so on and so on. The Lord will see our Saviour. Look on the face of your anointed. Anointed one. Who is the anointed one? How do we translate that word? If we keep translating it into the Greek. Christos. Christ. Look on the face of your Christ. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your Christ your anointed one. Dear Christian, this evening you appear before God and we're reminded so beautifully in his word at Colossians 3 we are, as it were, hidden with Christ in God. Hidden with Christ in God. Dear Christian, you are covered. You appear before God as one who we calls his own. The first time together we actually covered this in detail uh, looking at the question of of how much does God love his people? To what level, to what extent does God love his people? And we saw the the high priestly prayer of Jesus, didn't we? Where God, where Christ prays and he he prays that wonderful reality. The disciples would know, that his people would know, that we as his people would know we are loved as he is loved. Why? How is that possible? Because we're loved in and through Jesus. 
Dear friend, as we go through your life, as we make our way home day by day, step by step, we are led by our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the one God sees before us. Not your failings or my failings, not your sin or my sin, but Christian, God sees us as clean, as forgiven, as his own precious people. As we carry on through our pilgrimage, that's a reminder day after day after day that he leads us home. He leads us to be with himself. Dear friends, the truth is this evening, if Jesus is not leading you, you're not covered by him. If Jesus is not covering you, if he is not your shield, as it were, the truth is when God looks on you, what does he see? Well, we know the answer. If God looks on you this moment, you're not covered by the finished work of Jesus. If as of yet you can't call him your Lord and your Saviour, dear friends, you know this, you feel it yourself, his wrath is still over you. That still hangs over you just now, doesn't it? You still look at God in fear, knowing that he is a God who is righteous, who is just, who must judge justly, who must be just in all his ways and all his doings. You know that God looks on you just now and as of yet and as it stands, you still find yourself an enemy uh, to God. And there's no joy in saying this. It's, it's almost impossible to say this. It really is. But we say it because it's true. The truth is, this evening we're either covered uh, and, and walk behind our Saviour or we're not covered by him. We carry on in our own efforts, our own strength, exposed and seen for all that we truly are. But friends, this evening, again, even this moment, this is your chance to stop walking this journey alone. And we said, as the pilgrims made their way towards the temple, there would be gaps, of course, in the pilgrimage and stops where people from the villages could, could join in and the, the small towns could come and gather and become part of this wider body as they made their way up to the temple. As we're here this evening with breath, with life, this is still your chance to join in with this family, join in with uh, the church of God, the people of God, as we make our way home. You don't have to go it alone. This journey is one you can take part in, become part of. Can you hear it in the morning? Let's hear it again just now. There's hope for you. You're here to hear the word of God. You're here under the gospel. Again, my words, take them and leave them. The word of God, you can't afford to ignore any longer. How many days have you sat in the same pews? How many years have gone by? Come and join the family. Come and join this pilgrimage. Come and be led by Jesus. He leads you home to eternity spent with him. Christian, as you make your way on this journey, be reminded and be assured your Saviour has gone before you. You're never at any point on your own. At all times you're covered by his perfected righteousness, covered by his finished work. He knows you. He has shown his care and his love towards you. He has promised never to leave nor forsake you. You're never on your own in this journey. You travel with him before you all the way home. Brings us in conclusion to our final 
a few verses of his psalm, we were simply reminded, the psalmist reminds us, that there's no other place like the place where God is. Where God is, is our only home. He's one of the last few verses. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in tents of wickedness. The image here, of course, is quite, it's quite simple. That you'd rather, the psalmist would rather exist than do as were even the most menial tasks and the outer edge of God's temple. He'd rather be just inside the door doing the most menial task possible than he would living in a centre of tents of sin. And the idea of that tents of sin image is, is, is places of wickedness, yes, but places perhaps of earthly joy and worldly pleasure where he can be in the middle of the tents, in the middle of his place where he can have all the world has to offer, all the world has to give. He'd rather a single day, a single day in the courts of the Lord and thousands of days outside of God's house. And the Christians here this evening, we can testify to that, can't we? We can testify that that's our story. Uh, that's our proclamation this evening. For every day, every hour we spend with God, with the Lord, it's worth countless, hundreds and thousands of hours outside of knowing God. For all the pleasures and joys the world has to give us. And yes, as Christians, at times we are tempted back into the world and to our shame. And if we're being honest, that's true for every one of us. We're tempted at times to, to, to go back into the old ways. We heard this morning to pick up our cloak again and to go back to, to begging for the scraps of the world. The truth is, as Christians, we know what it is to know our Lord. And one minute, one hour, one day in his presence, even as we were at the very outside edge of his presence, it is worth thousands upon thousands of days in the best this world has to offer us. Dear Christians, as we find ourselves at the end of this psalm and find ourselves coming to the end of this journey, this is our great hope, isn't it? And for all the ups and downs and challenges of our life, perhaps this side of eternity, what awaits us, what awaits us is eternity spent with the Lord who knows, who blesses, who loves his people. Verses 11 and verse 12. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Dear friends, our walks must always be called upright. But we are, as we said already, we are covered by one whose walk is upright. The Lord Jesus Christ. This perfected work covers all our sin of all his people. Before us as Christians, before you Christian, before uh, you expands out the eternity, an eternity spent with the Lord, an eternity spent in his presence, in his service, worshipping him, serving him, praising him, alongside your brothers and sisters for all time. And that new creation, those new creation bodies, never to, to, to deteriorate, never to sin, never to see sin or to feel sin, never to commit sin again, never again to see the destruction of sin in this world. A perfect reality for all time, spent worshipping and praising your Lord and Saviour. That's what awaits every one of the Lord's people here this evening. 
For until we reach that place and until we find ourselves at that time, we must carry on our journey. Carry on relying on our Saviour for all our strength and all our hope and all our joy. Carry on walking alongside each other, brothers and sisters. Carry on understanding that we are covered by his perfected righteousness. Covered by the one who goes before us. Reminded that there's a place for us in the home of God. Reminded that he is in us and works through us all for his glory. Dear friends, that's a journey we are on. Brothers and sisters, that is a journey we have a privilege of saying we are part of. Dear friends, this is a journey you can join in with, even this evening. This is the invitation yet again. Once more, once more from this place, you're hearing again to come and to join. Come and join the journey. Come and join the journey. There's a space for you. There's a place for you. Come and live the life were created to live. Come and join the journey you were created to journey on. Come and have Jesus go before you and lead you home. Let's bow our heads now. Word of prayer. Lord of God, we again give you praise, Lord, for the fact we spent this time around your word. We ask you to help us again not just to be hearers but to be doers, to put into practice what we've heard from your word this evening. Help us never to grow tired of, of worshipping your holy name, of joining together like we've had this great privilege of doing uh, this day. We ask for those of us who know and who love you to help us in our journey home, Lord. Help us to, to journey well, to give you honour and give you praise, to give you all the glory as we find ourselves carrying on day after day on this journey. Remind us that we do it with you. And not for a single day are we alone on this journey. Not for a single day do we find ourselves without our Saviour alongside us. And for any here as of yet are still on this journey, without hope and without Christ, Lord, we ask even this evening, you would help them to understand and open their eyes and open their hearts to understand, Lord, that they need to travel your journey, travel your paths, but there is no way they will ever get to see you or know you or serve you or be loved or known by you if they keep going, Lord, outside of Christ, until they have him leading them and have him as their only uh, source of joy and strength, and have him as their only leader, they will never find home. We ask, Lord, that even this evening, they would know home for themselves. We give you praise, Lord, your God who has made a way of salvation, and your goodness and your love and your mercy. You're a God who has shown that love and that mercy to us through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we ask all of these things, and for his sake. Let's uh, conclude uh, by singing to his praise. Uh, sing and sing Psalms and Psalm 23. Sing Psalms and Psalm uh, 23. Of course, a psalm we all know so well, but a psalm reminds us uh, as we leave our time together that we have a Lord who promises to lead, to guide, to protect, and to love his people. Sing Psalms and Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, no want shall I know. He makes me lie down where the green pastures grow. He leads me to rest where, no ca- where the calm waters flow. The whole psalm to God's praise. The Lord is my shepherd, no one shall I know. He makes me lie down where the green pastures grow.
close in prayer. Lord God, we ask you to go before us the rest of this evening. Help our conduct and our actions and our words to glorify Lord you and always say and think and do. We look home this evening, the rest of this day, this day which you have set aside for yourself, a day you have given us to worship you, a day you have given us to rest and to take joy and to relax into the reality that we who are yours have been purchased by the precious blood of our Saviour. Help all we've heard and read from your word this day, Lord, to sink into our brains, but also to sink into our hearts, to sink into our souls. Help us to live these words, to daily go about being healers, but also to be doers of the word. We pray again for the knowledge and the understanding that we go out this new week, being led by our Saviour, has gone before us, prepared a place for his people, will one day come to take us home. Until that day comes, help us to serve you well, to serve you humbly. Let's call these things in and through and for Christ's precious name's sake. Amen.